Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast, where we explore all things related to motherhood, from career and relationships to parenting and wellness. Join me, Nina Spears, your baby expert and host, as we dive into topics that matter to mothers, share personal stories and insights, and interview experts and parents who can provide valuable advice and perspectives. Whether you're a first-time mom just starting out or a seasoned pro, we've got you covered. So grab a cup of tea, sit back, and let's Chick Chat. Hey guys, welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm Nina Spears, the Baby Chick, and on today's episode, we have actress and entrepreneur Ashley Green. Ashley rapidly rose to fame following her portrayal of Alice Cullen in the Twilight franchise and immediately solidified herself as a champion for women from all walks of life. For over a decade, she has aligned with charities and movements concentrated on supporting and empowering women, like Donate My Dress, No More, and A21 cementing herself as a trusted advocate for wellness, femininity, and gender equality. More recently, Ashley co-founded Hummingway, a brand with the goal of transforming how all women and anyone with a period views their own reproductive health. Hummingway is laser-focused on providing its customers with a suite of innovative, non-toxic, effective products designed to support your hormonal health. In this episode, we will chat with Ashley about all things motherhood, career, and how women can navigate their bodies and hormonal health postpartum. So let's dive in to learn more. Hi, Ashley. It is so wonderful to have you on our show. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I love love podcasts like this. I think they're so, so important. So thank you for, for having a podcast and having me on. Oh my gosh. Well, it's our honor and we love meeting other women and moms who are super passionate about also empowering other women and moms. And we are definitely going to dive into your story and what you have done because it's, in our opinion, pretty incredible. So (laughs) Ashley, but first, before we get started, we'd just love to learn a little bit more about you. Like share, share with us, you know, about you, your background and how you ended up to where you are today. Yeah. So originally from Jacksonville, Florida, I am most traditionally known as an actress who got her big break on Twilight. And, uh, and that's kind of what I moved to Hollywood to, to do. And that's where I started my journey. And as I continued throughout the, the course of the series, female empowerment became really important to me because, you know, I was 20 years old and, and Twilight gave me this incredible platform and my mom was very big on teaching me, even like, before I even booked the job, she was just like, one day you will change the world. You will have the ability to, and you need to use acting and a platform that it gives you as a stepping stone and as a voice and use your voice to amplify things that are important and, and really use your voice to change the world. And it's funny looking back now, I mean, it was so important that she instilled that in me at the time. I was like, yeah, okay. Okay. But uh, <laughs> like every 20 year old, right? <laughs> yeah. But once it happened, I'm just, I'm really grateful that she put that in my head because it is I'm always kind of, you know, beyond grateful to know that I have the ability to positively impact someone's life and and make a difference, even if it's a small one somewhere. I think there's a lot of power to what the ripple effect is, especially when you're dealing with women, especially when you're getting into what now I have as a company for reproductive health. So, uh, so yeah, fast forward 
10, 15 years. And I went from just being an actress to then being an entrepreneur and now having a company called Hummingway that focuses on reproductive health and giving people the education and the community that they need to better understand their bodies and understanding the root cause of a lot of what our, our symptoms are and, and giving people, you know, non-toxic options, which seems like it should be a no-brainer. Um, but it just especially a couple of years ago, didn't really exist. So added that to the repertoire. Now I'm a mom. (laughs) The biggest role that you're going to play ever, right? (laughs) Oh, I don't, I know it. Yeah. (laughs) It's a wild ride, but gosh, it's incredible. I love that. Oh my gosh. And I'm sure that there is a whole story from going to, you know, from acting to this new role as an entrepreneur, really focusing on reproductive health and hormonal health, I mean, tell us your story. What got you interested into that? Because that's that's a that's a big jump. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's um, I mean, really, it came <laughs> selfishly from a place of need and from a place of frustration. I decided to get off hormonal birth control. I'd been on it since I was like 16. And I hit a point in my life where I said, I, w- I want to flush my entire system. I want to be off anything. There's no reason I need to be on any of these things I've been prescribed. I want to figure out how to heal myself. And, you know, was prescribed Xanax for anxiety, but was prescribed Adderall and which those two things don't really go together. And, uh, and those things I like was able to come off of and, and, and course correct and figure out, you know, what the root cause of, of those issues were fine, no problem. The birth control was just a whole nother story and it really threw me for a loop. And I just started experiencing, I went from having no period symptoms since I was 16 years old to having like every symptom under the sun and uh, had no education as to why I was experiencing the things I was experiencing and, and how to fix them more naturally without kind of pumping other things back into my body. And unfortunately, our healthcare system, you know, the, the doctors who you generally look to to heal you and help you really don't have the bandwidth to be able to understand and and help as far as reproductive health goes. Uh, it's been something that has been ignored. There's not a lot of resources that go into it. And so my options were get back on hormonal birth control. You can use Accutane for your skin. You can get on SSRI, you know, all of the things that I really didn't want to hear. And, and I was uninterested in pursuing. And so me and Olivia, my sister-in-law, who's also a Hummingway co-founder, you know, started talking about it and we're just like, this is yes, and and there we deserve a better way. And why not try, you know, to make a difference and see if we can do something. I think we have you were lucky enough to to know the right people to be able to actually create a product. So why don't we just try? And she comes from a naturopathic background. Her mom is a naturopath. And so we got together and said, okay let's look at the pain points of of what's happening with women and, and what they're most focused on and and menstrual cramps, aches and pains were at the top of the list. And and then we kind of said, all right, how do we create something that is going to be good for you, that's going to be on the holistic front, but works very quickly, very effectively, and just kind of went off on a mission. And then the more that we started it took us two years to get through like 24 different iterations to get this product, the cycle suit that you see today. And during that process, we pulled a lot of our community and our friends and family just to get insight again, as far as like what they would like to see roll out. And what we found was that people were craving non-toxic products, but what they were really craving was education and a community and a place to be able to connect and share their stories and not feel alone or ostracized or shamed and, and to kind of, you know, 
do away with the stigma that we just were taught was normal. Um, and so that's kind of how Hemingway as a whole was born. Oh my gosh. Wow. What an incredible story. <laughs> because you're so right. Um, we touched on this briefly before we hit recording. My dad is a surgeon and my mom is a nurse. And you're absolutely right. While doctors and nurses are so important and critical and have a very wonderful and valuable role in, in helping us as humans, they are not the experts at everything. And a lot mm-hmm. of times they are educated only on big pharma. And yeah. so for you guys to go out and do something else and find another route to really help people is pretty incredible. How, I mean, I, I want to know, actually, my first question, Hummingway, where, what is that? What is, what, <laughs> what is the name from? I need to know what that is. Yeah. So um, Hummingway, it, it was a couple of, of things. I mean, we threw around a lot of names and part of it was that we, I mean, first there's a ton of hummingbirds in my yard and so that they're just special to us. And we started researching them and love the fact that they have the ability to fly up, down, backwards and forwards. And as we started looking at women and what we're able to accomplish and what we're able to do, I think we've been put in a box for such a long time. But I think if we are given the ability to fly, like that is the way that we would operate. I also, we kind of looked at hum and that the hum is one of the most calming, centering things that you can do. And then we were kind of, (laughs) we're like, well, this is the way that it should be. And then we were like, oh, humming way, this makes sense. And so it kind of just, it was kind of like a beautiful way in which it formed. Ah, that is so organic and really cool. I love that story. (laughs) And Ashley, I've heard you talk about, you know, supporting mothers, especially during the postpartum period. You have now had a baby. You have been through, I like to say postpartum is forever. I I know that people will say that you are past the postpartum period, but I'm like, yeah, girl, it's forever. (laughs) It's miseducation because we're not. Like it's... (laughs) I feel like I just read somewhere it takes like three years really for like everything to fully you to like fully be put back together. Right. Yeah. No, I I my daughter is now two and a half. And I feel like at two, I was finally feeling kind of like, oh, I'm kind of feeling a little bit back to myself now. Yeah. I have a six-year-old and a two and a half year old, and I'm like, all right, maybe maybe she's back. (laughs) Well, it's like I feel like it's this mix of like you're like quote unquote, back to yourself, but it's like you've formed the new version of who you are, yes. right? Because there's like yeah. no, and I, you know, I had to learn that like there's no going back to who you were. And so yeah. that was like a big part of my postpartum journey that I'm still going through is, is like figuring out the person that you are now and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, accepting that you can mourn your old life and still like adore and cherish and be grateful for your new life. It's just yeah. like that road of figuring out what that is. Um, it's not something that just like pops in and comes naturally. Like it is a really, it's a journey and it's, it's hard at times and it's really challenging. And I feel like it needs to be said more that like that is okay. Mm -hmm. And you can be like, I'm always like, you can be so overwhelmed and so sleep deprived and also be completely utterly obsessed and in love with your child. Like those things are allowed to coexist. And the idea that like, we're just supposed to be in baby bliss after the baby's born is so insane. It just, you know, you, of course you love your child, but like your body is going through the largest hormonal fluctuation you will ever experience in your life a couple of days after you give birth. So not only have you like gone through this like marathon event, you are also, you have no control over your hormones that are just like crashing, dipping, like your placenta leaves your body and it's like, zoop, there goes your estrogen and progesterone. And which, I mean, and these are hormones that are responsible for like 
calm and happiness. And so those things are just (laughs) gone. Well, you get the oxytocin boost, right? And that's like the love drug, but then that starts to kind of like level out. And so you're still experiencing these lows from the estrogen and progesterone leaving. And it's, and then you like throw in sleep deprivation and like navigating a new world is like, this mother to this beautiful angel. It's it's just, it's so much to wrap your head around. And I think there needs to be a lot more focus on, you know, how challenging those, like the first four months for me was, it, it was one of the most challenging, the most challenging thing I think I've ever experienced. And I just remember, I could go on, obviously I'm passionate about this. I'm like, I could go on and on, but like, I remember anytime I would, ex- I would say like, I'm bursting into tears and I don't know why I'm not sad. I'm doing like, I'm, I'm so exhausted. Like this is so hard. People would be like, are you, is it postpartum depression? I'm like, it is not postpartum depression. Like we need to accept and understand that it, it, it is hard and it can be hard without there being any like big underlying issue. It's just, you know, your body's going through a lot of things. So yeah. It's so true. It's, it's all of the things. And also And I'm so glad that you say that because a lot of people do immediately want to label it as something. Mm -hmm. And yes, there are plenty of people who go through postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, postpartum OCD. There's so many different mood disorders after having a baby. But also, just like you said, what we're talking about today, just the hormonal changes that your body experiences, you're going to have those highs and lows within like five minutes. And that's also normal. Yeah. And to talk about it. So yeah, did you feel, I'm curious, Ashley, when you had your baby, which I also want you to share, oh my gosh, your your pregnancy, your birth, because we were chatting about that and I'm like, oh, that sounds so amazing. Um, <laughs> did you feel supported during your postpartum experience? Because I feel like a lot of women, like you're saying, all of these ups and downs with your hormones, you know, did you feel like you had the support you needed? Did you plan for that enough? Would you have done anything differently? Yeah, I definitely don't think I planned for it enough. I, it's funny. I think we all plan like it's the birth is such like a momentous event, uh, and one that's like a little anxiety driving because they're just like, how do I get you out? Like, what is going to happen? That um, there's so much focus on pregnancy and the birth that there there's a lot lacking with postpartum, and so I did try to prepare myself, but definitely like nothing, I don't think anything could have prepared me for what I was going through. I think we certainly need, um, a lot more literature on that and a lot more kind of just, I think easy Avenue. Like I would love to see, like I had used something called the or app and I said, I would love to see like a section there specifically for mothers postpartum because like having like just like subliminal affirmations, like it makes such a huge difference. Um, and I, and so I think I would like to see a lot more of that. I will say I do consider myself very lucky that I have a great support system. I had a home birth and so I had a midwife and, or have, cause she's still very much in my life. And, um, you know, Abby was kind of the person that when I hit that like three, four day mark, when you see that severe drop in hormones, I was like, what is, why do I feel like this? And she was like, oh, this is actually pretty normal. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Like, this is great to know. And like a lot of people don't have the access or the ability to speak to a midwife, you know, when they're going through, especially like their first week postpartum. But just again, it's like, it's all education. Cause like it doesn't, does it change the fact that I was going through these hormonal dips and lows? No. But did it change my perspective on it? A thousand percent. And that was really important. And that's something I'm really grateful for. And I also, 
you know, my husband is a freaking godsend. He's like my life coach, like I say. And I know doulas don't love hearing this sometimes, but like he acted as my doula. He's like my life coach on an everyday basis. Does he call himself a doula? Absolutely not. (laughs) But like he, we have like, he reads my energy and is able to really fill me up and give me what I need in those moments that it, it made sense for us. And so postpartum, he was the one who kept reminding me that like, I needed to accept help. I needed to voice how I was feeling that, you know, that I needed to call on other moms and and that were going through likely similar things because one day I was going to share my story and that I'm going to help people. So why not let people help me? I mean, that's really huge to have. And then of course I have, my parents are phenomenal grandparents. His parents are phenomenal grandparents. And I, I will say that if you a lot of people don't have access to that. Find your tribe. Because again, like there's this feeling that like we we want to just, we feel like we're a bad mom if like we can't handle it all. Like we're yeah. supposed to just like solely be able to take care of this, this, you know, being. And that's not true. And it's not how things were done in the past. Like there's, I don't know where the like mentality switched from accepting and understanding that like you had a whole village. When they say it takes a village to raise a child, it takes a village to raise a child and you need, you need the help and you need to accept it. And so wherever you can find that, I think it's very important because you're not meant to be able to do it all on your own. You totally answered my question. Cause I was going to ask you next, like, how do you think we can better support mothers during this time? Because it sounds like you had amazing support. So yes, definitely finding your tribe because you're right. I really feel, you know, when we did live in villages, I think it was, there was this study. I think it, this was like Brene Brown talked about this, that women would go to the river and they would all wash their clothes and there was a sense of community. And then once they all got you know, the, their laundry situation, the washer and dryer, they would do their laundry, but then they all started getting depression. They all started having these, these episodes of like feeling lonely. Mm-hmm. And they realized that it was, it wasn't the fact of, oh, this now new nice convenience. It's that community of being together and that communication and doing something with other human beings is so important. So making yeah. the time for yourself, even if you're just changing into new pajamas and mm-hmm. going to the coffee shop with <laughs> another mom or whatever, mm-hmm. it can, it can help so much. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that's, it's so true. Like we can do hard things together, right? Like we're meant to be able to have a support system. You're not meant to do it all on your own. This is why you do need, you do need to take the time. And even if it is 30 minutes to go out, socialize and not feel guilty for, for leaving your child. Cause it's, it's about, I'm all, because I, I work at the same time, you know, and there's like this, this thing of me going like, am I a bad mom? Cause I'm not spending every moment with my kid, but it's not about that. It's about the quality moments that you have with your child. And it's yeah. about filling yourself up and being able to be as present as possible with them. Cause you know, there are times when it, it just, you know, sometimes Paul's able to be there. Sometimes he's not, sometimes I'm not. And the times that I'm solely with my baby, even if it's for a week, right. I'm just like, Oh wow, this feels very overwhelming. And then the second you get to step away for a moment, you're dying to get back to your child. And, you know, I think that's a very normal thing. So yeah, that's super important. And listen, I can say this now because I'm at the 10 and a half month mark, but like four months in, like the first four months, I was a mess. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think most of us are. And anyone who isn't like, I need to talk to you. (laughs) Yeah. And this is, I'm like, write down, this is what you can do for other mothers. Write down all of your lows and your ups and your downs during, especially the, for me, it was the first four months after four months, like things kind of started to like feel a little better. 
when I hit like nine months, I was like, oh, this is fun. But it (laughs) took nine months. But write those moments down and then share them once you're through the ringer because nobody really wants to share these things so, so openly and honestly when you're going through it. Share them afterwards so that people can start to normalize these conversations and and be able to to relate and and again not feel alone because there's you know you're still going to go through it but there's something about being able to do it or have doing it with someone else or having known that someone else has gone through it that just it makes the world of difference I love that. And now, and I, and as a doula, you were saying doulas don't like it when I say this, but my husband, da, da, da. No, I love that. I (laughs) love hearing that you have such a supportive partner in your life that recognizes what you need and is your advocate. Like that's amazing. And so I want to like champion those partners (laughs) out there. So, and also now you said that you had a home birth. I'm curious, what led you to make that decision for yourself and your baby? Um, so I, I don't know. Part of it was just like innately in me that like, I, I just always knew that I wasn't, I didn't think about it that much, but like, I never thought like, oh, I'm going to the hospital. I'm getting an epidural. This is the way it's going to be done. I was just, my mom had natural births. And so I think like, that's what I know. Um, and by natural, I mean, vaginal and and non-medicated. And so I kind of was like, I think that's the way that I, I would like to do it and uh, and what makes most sense for me and, and my baby and my family. And then I kind of thought, well, I'm 35, so maybe I should go to the hospital. Like I always kind of liked the idea of, of birthing at home, but um, waited a bit longer to have kids. And so, you know, society, I think, got in my head a little bit of going like, you're, you're, you know, basically a geriatric pregnancy. Oh, you are Just so geriatric. In, it's an insane term that they, <laughs> they give to people over 35, um, that are having babies. But, um, but then probably two thirds the way through, I was just like, the only thing that is giving me, I was, I worked really hard to like center my body and my mind. And I felt strong physically and mentally, except about going to the hospital. And that was the only thing that gave me anxiety. And uh, my husband, again, comes in and he's like, listen, if this is the only thing, then listen to yourself. If you feel like it's more comfortable and it's more natural and it makes sense to do it at home, then have a home birth. Like, And he's so down for that. Like, He comes again. His mom's like a homeopath. So like, he was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, <laughs> and I said, you know what? I, I think you're right. And so I reached out found my midwife and instantly I spoke to her and it was like a weight was lifted off my shoulders and I, it just, I, it all felt right. And so we said, okay, we're going to do a home birth. And then, you know, started really trying to, to get kind of above and ahead everything and make sure that I was able to handle what was going to come at me. Um, as far as, you know, it's, it's an event, like it's like a marathon and and I knew it was going to be uncomfortable and I knew I had to be really strong mentally. And, and so Paul and I worked on what I was going to need every step of the way through the process. What, you know, we did like, we almost did like the hypnotherapy, but we ended up like, we were so in line with what that was anyways, that we ended up not completing the course, ironically enough, but came up with like our key phrases and like what was going to work for me. And, uh, and yeah, we had a home birth and it was a really beautiful experience. It was kind of everything that I could have hoped that it would have been. And, you know, 30 minutes after giving birth, I was at home in my bed with my child eating a sub because I had been waiting so long to be able to have <laughs> to have a sub with processed meat. <laughs> you are literally my twin because with my daughter, had her in my tub, in my bathroom, had <laughs> a Jimmy John sandwich immediately after in my bed. <laughs> yeah, that's I was like Jersey Mike's. Like that was what I was craving. And so that was... That's what they had waiting for me. And it was just like (laughs) wonderful. And like, I just didn't, you know, 
everything was like as it should have been, it felt like. So yeah, for me, you know, again, everyone's different and everyone has uh, different things that make them feel comfortable and calm. But like, that's what you have to look for when you're going into delivering a baby is like, what's going to make me feel most safe and most confident? Um, Because, you know, obviously there's always room for complications, but I think putting yourself in the best possible frame of mind is, is like up there at the top of the list. For sure. And I think the clearest thing, the message that I got also from you and your husband is really listen to yourself. What is Mm -hmm. it that you feel comfortable with? Because I have worked with so many people where women truly do feel most comfortable going to the hospital, but then there's others that are saying, no, something's off. And they don't have a partner like you, Ashley, that's like, Mm -hmm. hey, then let's try it at home. They're like, no, 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 it's fine. You're going to be okay. They just kind of push away those, those, signs of anxiety or fear, um, because this is the way that we give birth in America. Um, so for you to, again, have your champion by you to say like, Hey, listen to yourself, let's check in and maybe let's do it a different way. And also for people who are listening, not everyone can have a home birth. You have to be, you know, Mm -hmm. low risk. You have to check in with a midwife because some people are just unable to, and that's okay. So for you to have that option and for you to have such an amazing support system, and I'm just, congratulations on having such a wonderful experience. I love that. And now I need to know about the hormonal health. We were talking a little bit about periods and all of this before the recording, there isn't a lot of talk about hormonal health in general, Mm -hmm. including new moms. Can you elaborate on this topic for us, Ashley, and why it's so important? Yeah, it's kind of what I touched on before. And I find like, this is why I think we'll, we'll definitely kind of move into the postpartum world of things with Hummingway. Cause I I find that it's very similar in, in the sense that like hormonal health on both ends of the spectrum are not openly spoken about. And, and I don't think we have enough education around it yet. Uh, and so that's kind of, you know, what we're hoping to do. Cause I, again, found that like, I didn't even like being that, like, I have a company that's like specific about hormonal health when it comes to the menstrual cycle. Like I just didn't necessarily transition that over to postpartum. And so, you know, once I started feeling these things, I started researching more of going, obviously like, you know, this is out of my control, but the fact that like we, have these hormones that are just like roller coastering up and down through our body throughout this process and not kind of realizing and recognizing it and speaking about it, I think is really dangerous because I think, you know, there's also, if you can acknowledge something and try and course correct and use whatever tools necessary that you need to kind of address the problem um, at the start, I think there's a better success rate. But then if, if you're not aware about things and you ignore them and you just kind of push them down, I mean, that's when I think things start to manifest and start to be a bigger problem. And so, you know, I would just encourage people to really look at, like, look at, understand what estrogen is, understand what progesterone is, understand what oxytocin is, what they're doing in your body. And and I touched on this before, but basically like estrogen and progesterone are giving you this like dopamine and serotonin, which control your like calmness and and happiness generally. And so whenever those things all of a sudden see a severe dip, you're going, you're not going to feel like yourself. You're going to have, you know, they call it the baby blues and and you're going to be an emotional roller coaster. And so I think being able to to recognize that and, and then kind of understand like, is this something that is connected to that? Or is this a deeper issue? is is the first place to start. And then again, I think, you know, reach out and and kind of 
seek comfort from whoever that may be. I spoke to my husband. I spoke to my midwife. You know, I had my doctor's call and speed dial in case I felt like I was kind of going into postpartum depression. I certainly have had some postpartum anxiety and have found that for me personally, like doing meditation, doing breath work, doing affirmations, and really trying to, again, have control over my mind as much as possible and the way that I'm reacting to these hormonal shifts was really, really uh, big for me. I love that. And how can Hummingway help us during this transition? I want to know more about that. Yeah. So we're, you know, actively working on, I think in the future, we will see different products that will be helpful postpartum. Those things we have an extensive R&D process, so it's going to be a little a little while. But I think the first thing we can do is education and community. These are two of the biggest things that you you don't have to pay for. You don't you know you don't need anything special to get. But it it makes such a world of difference whenever you understand what is happening in your body and you understand the tools at your disposal, and then you can speak to other people who have experienced something similar. Because I think that's the best way to get ahead of it. So that's certainly something that we're going to start putting. It's called the Regular is our educational platform that we have um, on our website. Fabulous. We'll have to check it out and make sure to include that in our show notes so that our listeners can find out more too. And you've been talking about like mantras and affirmations. What are some of your go-tos that you've been using now as a new mom? I, the biggest one is, is your best today will be, uh, your best today will be different from your best tomorrow. And that will differ the day after because some days you feel like you're on top of it and you feel like you have it all figured out. And then, um, (laughs) And then there's a wrench in the plan and then, you know, everything, everything changes. So that, that one is a really big one for me. And one that even prior to having the baby, like my biggest thing was like, if you're going to fail, fail upwards and and looking at kind of not being afraid to tackle big things, but understanding that like failure doesn't, doesn't necessarily have to be a negative thing. Uh, It can be a learning experience. And I certainly see that with my child uh, and, and learning how to relinquish control which this is not a mantra, but this is like one of the biggest pieces of, of advice I can give is, is relinquish control because there's your child has been on this earth for however many months and is still trying to figure everything out. So like they're not a robot and you're not going to be able to teach them all the things that you need to teach them within the first couple of months. Uh, and so, you know, understand that and just commit to learning and growing with them and understand that like you are doing the best that you can. They're fed and they're safe and they're loved and that's all that they need. There's, I think there's so much pressure on doing the right things, buying the right things, having the right classes. I mean, people are talking about like enrolling in school before they were even born and, and all of these things. I just decided, it, it, I like thought, of, I started looking at schools and I was like, you know what, I'm going to stop myself there. I'm going to make sure that my child is loved and cared for and I am attentive and I, I think... I think that's enough. (laughs) And uh, it made the experience a lot better. Yes, less stress. And I love that. Relinquish control. I really feel like that almost starts probably during pregnancy, but especially at birth. Oh my gosh, relinquish that control. You have to surrender to the process and trust Mm -hmm. that your baby knows how to get out. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other cool thing that happened is... my Which my midwife, Abby, like she, she said that to me a lot during the process was that like your baby knows what it's doing. Your body knows what it's doing. So like, let them do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was one point at which she, her head had come out and there was like a pause for a really long time. And, uh, and then I just like felt her like shimmy her shoulders so that she could kind of turn a little bit and continue the process. And I was like, Oh my God, that is so cool. But, um, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, this is meant to happen. And so that was just kind of a really beautiful moment where I was like, huh, 
Hmm. I'm glad that we didn't push or pull or try and make things happen more quickly. It was, you know, we gave myself, my body and my baby the time to, to make things happen as they naturally should. And it was amazing. Oh, that is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that story because it's so true. Isn't it amazing? And that's why I feel like even in motherhood, our babies are teaching us so much. Just like we're teaching them, they are teaching us just as much in my opinion. Yeah. Do you know what I had? I had this like epiphany the other night where I was thinking about the crazy like highs and lows I had, you know, the first like week or two after giving birth and uh, my... (laughs) you know, my baby goes back and forth to sleeping 12 hours a night, just sometimes being up five times a night. Like it's always a shift (laughs) and you know, she's crying and I'm getting frustrated. And, uh, my husband ends up coming in because we have this tag team where I'm like, there's some points where you have to relinquish. Just like, I can't handle this right now. I'm overstimulated. I'm dysregulated. Can you take over? And he did. And I thought about how I felt when I couldn't control my emotions at that point in time and imagining that like, that's, what she's going through, right? Like she doesn't understand and is trying to process these things. And it really just, you know, that perspective shift makes it a little bit easier (laughs) when you're, you know, sleep deprived and we're up in the middle of the night and you can't figure out why your baby doesn't want to go to sleep. Is that like, she's learning the ropes in the same way that like you had to relearn the ropes immediately postpartum. And, uh, for me, at least that was really helpful. That is so helpful. It is so true. Oh my gosh. If we just sometimes just recognize like, oh my goodness, they are learning so much. Like Mm -hmm. we need to not, I think that especially with our firstborns, we treat them older than they really are. We forget Mm -hmm. that like I have a five-year-old, but sometimes I'm like, wow, he's five. Like stop treating him like he's an eight-year-old or a 10-year-old. Like he's five. And even when they're babies, like shouldn't they be sleeping through the night? They're, they're babies. Like we just have to be gentler to ourselves and not expect so much from, from our babies and from ourselves, just be patient with the process. And again, finding that community, like you had said, I think is, is just vital to recognize we are not the only ones going through this. It is tough. Yeah. And like, and the community that fits for you, right? Because there's so many different styles of parenting and there's so, I mean, listen, like sleep training is such a hot topic. And like, I hate the fact that there is such a like black and white line between like you're a sleep trainer, you don't. And it's like, no, dude, you figure out what your baby's temperament is, what your temperament is, what you can handle, what they can handle. Like there's so many things that go into it. So I think it's about finding, you know, your tribe and the community that, that kind of, falls in line with where you're at also. Um, Because I think sometimes it can be a little damaging to try and and do or, you know, be told this is what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean it's what you should be doing for your family. Amen to that. Ashley, how have you been able to find your tribe? You're saying like, you have to find the the tribe that's right for you. Have you Mm -hmm. been able to find that tribe for you? And if so, how did you find it? Yeah, I think, you know, because I'm grateful for, you know, what we've accomplished with Hummingway, because I think through that, I found a really great group of of women and we have all been really vocal about, you know, who we are and and what works for us and, and what we go through. And so it made that transition a little bit easier. And for me, it wasn't necessarily like there are people around me that we may have differing opinions or views, but we always come at each other with an immense amount of respect. And so that's the the big thing for me is like, you know, not everything we do is exactly the same, but we're very open to understanding the process that each person is going through. And if asked, then we'll share what has been helpful for us. And that's really, that's been a game changer. Cause it's again, like the unsolicited advice is just not helpful. <laughs> so finding oh someone gosh. who is just respectful of the process is important. 
Amen. Totally agree. Oh my gosh, Ashley, this has been so good. Now we just want to ask you some fun questions too, like your favorite products as a mom, whether it's for you or your baby, what are they? Ooh. Okay. So the dome, I use the dome sleep machine and it's honestly, it works for me and the baby. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) Um, finding a great travel breast pump was huge. Um, because breastfeeding is a whole, we could probably talk for like four hours. Um, so that was the EWG app, um, is the environmental working group app has been really helpful in, you know, you want the best for your baby and we only have so much time, especially after the baby's born, uh, to do a ton of research. And I know that if it's EWG verified, um, that it's very clean, it's going to be good for my baby. And so I've relied heavily on that. Coconut oil, prone <laughs> juice, especially as you transfer oh, coconut oil because my baby has eczema sometimes. Um, prune juice because we, you know, are now getting into the solid foods and they get backed up sometimes. Oh, and that's yeah. like the easiest, most natural way to just get things going again. Um, I would say headphones um, because, you know, there's there's times where like she just wants to contact nap and, yeah. oh, you yeah. know, instead of getting like, oh my gosh, I'm stuck under the baby. It's like, listen to a podcast <laughs> and it makes everything way better. Um, Girl, you like killed a, it. Like, I'm like literally. a really good concealer, like a really good concealer. <laughs> Is, is is huge for me. Oh my gosh, nailed it on all levels, Ashley. That was so good. Oh man. And now, can we do like a rapid fire of like which is better and which are you? Like sweet or salty? Ooh, salty prior to baby. Now I, I love the sweets. Oh. It's a problem. I'm trying to like get the. I'm trying to nix the sugar right now. <laughs> okay, beach or mountains? Beach. Yep. Books or movies. Ooh, uh, gosh, th- I'm so bad at this game. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, generally movies, um, but books whenever I have like, a, if I know I'm going to have like a solid two hours to myself. We get it. Okay, this one, pregnancy or postpartum, the first year of motherhood? I mean, now postpartum. <laughs> My pregnancy was pretty easy, but postpartum, like we're now at the 10 and a half month mark and it's just the most magical time. I feel like you start to see all the work that you like put yes. into important to this child. Like she's like her personality's forming. She like cracks us up all the time. And so like, yeah, it's actually getting to be with your baby. It's there's nothing like it now that the dust has settled. Yay. We love that. Texting or talking? Texting. Yeah. Favorite day of the week? Ooh, um, I like a Wednesday. Wednesday's good. Yeah. Okay, yay. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite season? Favorite season is spring. Spring. Tea or coffee? Matcha tea. Ah, there you go. LA or New York? LA. Definitely LA. Morning person or night owl? Morning. Morning. I have a st- I wake up at 5 a.m. <laughs> I work out at 6 a.m. in the morning and it's a better workout for me than it would be at like nine. Oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm pretty much a permanently exhausted pigeon, but that's, that's another story. So yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And is there like a mom hack that you think every mom needs to know about? Besides prune juice, um, (laughs) painter's tape. (laughs) It's like, I feel like painter's tape, like I labeled all my bottles with them. I would just like put a piece of painter's tape on it and I use painter's tape to hang, like whenever we travel, I just take plastic, like black plastic bags and tape it up over the, under the window so we can black out the room. Uh, painter's tape for the airplane ride to keep the baby occupied. Like it's great for a lot of things. (laughs) 
<laughs> that is so good. And if you could give moms just one piece of advice, what would it be? Uh, one piece of advice. Jeez. Uh, I would say give yourself the grace that you hope that your child gives themselves one day. Because I think I've been really trying to give myself grace because your child just absorbs everything and sees everything. And so like, that's one of the things that I struggled with for a long time was like self-love and really just giving myself a break. Like I had a little bit of like perfectionism going on and, and I don't want my kid to have that. And so now I try and think like, what, how would I want her to act? Which is like, you know, work sometimes. It's a work in progress, but <laughs> that's, that's a it. total work in progress for all of us. Um, but what a beautiful way to put that. I think I have a lot of guests that say, give yourself grace, but for you to also say, because it will teach my child to give themselves that type of grace when they're an adult, like, yeah. oh my gosh, that just hits home. That's just powerful. That's why we do it, right? You just want right. to like be able to give them a little bit better of a life than you had, you know, and a little bit better of a toolbox than what you had. For sure. Oh, that's so good. And yeah, just any final thoughts, Ashley, that you'd like to leave our audience with? Um, guys, we're just doing the best we can and that's enough. <laughs> you know, I think we're so preconditioned just in general to to want to do a million things all at once. Um, and I think it's, especially after having a child, it's just so important to just take a second and breathe. And like, again, like allow yourself to learn from your child because the way that they look at the world is so incredibly beautiful and uh, I promise you that doing your best is more than good enough for your kid. Here, here. I couldn't agree more. Oh, man. And Ashley, where can our listeners, you know, see from you in the future? What, what's going on? Yeah, well, we are in the middle of a strike right now. So I don't... <laughs> an actor strike. So I don't know when we'll be on screen again. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll definitely be pumping out some more stuff. You can find me, uh, my Instagram's Ashley Green, uh, our Hummingways, our Instagram handle and our website. And, uh, you know, I think we're going to start, I, I think we're going to start trying to share, I want to create a curriculum for Kingsley, like a learning curriculum, especially now that we'll have a little more time. Um, and I think I've been tossing around the idea of whether or not we want to like share that with the world. But I kind of feel like after this podcast, I'm like, I'm preaching about sharing. <laughs> so, so maybe we'll put it out there and see if it's helpful for other people. I love it. Well, we need to check it out. If you do it, you better call us. Oh my God. I will. I will. I will. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Ashley. This was just so much fun. I loved hearing Absolutely. more about your story, learning more about Hummingway, what you're doing for moms, how you're doing as a mom yourself. We just so appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for everything that you're doing. Oh. It's huge. Thank you. And for our listeners out there to learn more about Ashley, as she said, you can find her on Instagram at Ashley Green or online at Our Hummingway, as well as Instagram Our Hummingway. Our team will be posting today's episode on our Baby Chick Facebook page. So if you have any questions or comments about our discussion, please share them with us in the comments section. And as always, if you haven't already, please subscribe to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us an honest review. Cheers to taking care of you, mama. <laughs>